before we launch into a very special episode of the innovation show live with Rita McGrath here in Dublin City. I want to thank our sponsor Zai boldly transforming the future of financial services with a suite of embedded products and services enabling businesses to manage multiple payment workflows and move funds with ease. You can find Zai at hellozai.com. Just a note on this episode, it is a difficult episode because it talks about the flawed business model of Meta or Facebook. And I know some of you are listeners to the show that work in that company. And I just wanted to flag that it is uncomfortable. But I do believe in what Rita McGrath's talking about in this episode. And I wish you well if you have been a victim of the recent layoffs in Meta or Facebook. Let's get into this very special episode of Innovation Bites. Welcome back to another episode of Innovation Bites, short, bite-sized chunks of innovation. And this one is a very, very special episode. We're here in the Greenway iconic office in St. Stephen's Green in Dublin, and I'm joined in person by one of the great friends of the show, Rita McGrath. Rita, you're very welcome. Oh, pleasure to be here, Aidan. I thought it'd be very topical for us. And please just take it away on this because f- Meta, Facebook, I always think of Meta, you know, as just Facebook with one of those fake glasses and a moustache and the <laughs> fake nose kind of going, we're not Facebook. <laughs> um, so Meta, Facebook, and then Twitter has announced a load of layoffs as well. But I, I thought we'd focus on Meta and Facebook because you have for years been calling out this business as a dud, maybe perhaps if you want to call it that, or maybe you'll take us uh, through your concept of the business. I, I, I'm, I support you with that as well. I actually think I don't believe, I don't, I don't like it as a business. And I've said it for, for many times. And I'm very saddened that people have lost their jobs as well, but it's not a good business. And maybe you'll take us through it. Yeah. So if you look at the businesses that in retrospect, we realize as a society cause more harm than good, it takes a long time. So cigarettes, go back to any movie from the 1920s and 30s. Everybody smoked. It was considered glamorous. It was considered lovely. And decades and decades, the tobacco companies said, oh, no, you know, it's no problem. Nothing nothing to see here. No problem. And it took it took a long time before medical evidence became so overwhelming that people just said, "Okay, you know, we've got to start. We've got to start making some adjustments to the business model behind these companies. And there are many like that automobiles, right? The auto companies fought like mad to keep safety measures from being implemented. Oh, incorporating seatbelts is going to bankrupt us. We can't change the way we formulate windshields so they don't shatter and slice people's heads off if they get into an accident. And, 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 and. So here's the problem. Capitalism has these short-term reward mechanisms, which can lead people to do things that are really not ultimately in society's best interest. And that's where you need to have some kind of counterweight. Now, the trouble is the counterweight tends to be a lagging phenomenon. It takes a long time before we catch up to these harms. So Facebook um, was founded in 2004 um, by Mark Zuckerberg, who was a brash young thing at the time. Um, And it was originally started just to 
get a sense for how this company started. I mean, it was originally started as a site to rate the dating attractiveness of women at Harvard Business School. I mean, it was, you know, a frat boy's concept of what would be a cool thing to have on a computer basis, right? And and we all have been through the origin story and everything. But my concern with Facebook was that as it grew and as its appetite for you know, growth was just absolutely voracious, first on computers and then on mobile, is that they fooled, they lied to their customers. Uh, the, no, they lied to their users. So, so this is the problem. Their users are not their customers. And and so consumers were vastly unaware that every time I post that baby picture on Facebook, every time I say something about the party that I'm going to, every time I say what uh, club I belong to or what religious affiliation I have or anything that's personal about me, Facebook is extracting that information and using it to place targeted advertising. So they're basically selling information about you to advertisers. At the same time, and this is where people really don't understand, is there was some fantastic technology innovation done by the people at Facebook, which allowed Facebook to capture similar information from people who aren't even signed up to the service. So if any website you visit has a Facebook like button on it, or even a little bit of pixel that Facebook placed there, that information goes back to Facebook. And I said from the beginning that it was only a matter of time that once people realize that's what's happening, they're going to object. And my reference point for this is the American Libraries Association, which has enshrined in its constitution that librarians are not allowed to tell the world about what book you checked out because that was considered to be a potential invasion of your privacy because maybe you're looking at medical conditions and if that word got out that could be terrible for you. Facebook, my God, they're screaming everything personal about you to anybody that will pay them a nickel and I think that's terrible. So um, the, you know, and people have been talking about it and legislators have been making noise and Zuckerberg gets called before both the European and the American governments but nobody seems to have the will to do anything about it. And advertisers are just putting money to wherever their advertising dollars will um, do the most good. Okay, so Apple, who's now decided, hang on. Um, firstly, we don't need to make money from sucking up people's personal information because that's not our business model. Our business model is our app platform and devices. And we can actually create a competitive advantage for ourselves by basically kneecapping Facebook and saying, you know, we're going to put this piece of code on our app store. If you want to run an app on our app store, and by the way, Instagram and <laughs> all these other things that, that WhatsApp, you know, that Facebook owns, as well as the Facebook platform itself, are all apps, right? So if you want to be on Apple's platform, which is the dominant platform, platform at the moment for uh, computer apps, you have to give customers an opt-in. And that's been my objection from the beginning. Look, if you're the kind of person who's willing to take a discount on something or take ads or whatever it is because you've made that choice, I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is people not having a choice, being you know hoodwinked basically into providing all this personal information for the private benefit of a private company. Uh, now, so so Facebook said when Apple did this, and they, they tried a rear guard action. Remember, they took out newspaper ads, and they were mm -hmm. saying, this is terrible. You're not going to have personalization in your ads and blah, blah. And I mean, the, the, thankfully, the public saw right through that. And so they announced they were going to lose $10 billion in revenue right from that. And so that's not going to change. The other thing that's going on is TikTok is now eating Facebook's lunch. <laughs> and we talked on another occasion about this failed Polaroid short movie. Yeah. Well, it actually worked <laughs> out. It just worked out with, you know, 20 years later with a different ecosystem. Uh, so TikTok's eating their lunch um, and advertisers are going where the money is, right? And then the last thing that's happening to them is they have made this huge bet on the metaverse which is the exact same kind of thing I talk about when I talk about corporate flops, right? Untested assumptions, taken as facts, 
no, no low commitment testing, no early demonstration of concept. Mark Zuckerberg just said, we're going for the metaverse and spent billions on it. And at the moment has very little to show for it. So I think Facebook is kind of in a BlackBerry circa 2011 moment where they still got a lot of cash. They still got a lot of capabilities. They still got great people of whom they just laid off 11,000. But, um, you know, is that going to be enough of a foundation to keep them healthy for the long run? History suggests it's going to require either a change in management, a dramatic change in strategy, or a dramatic transformation. And I think under the leadership of Mark Zuckerberg, none of those things is likely to happen. That is part of a longer episode that will be with you after Christmas. And there's a very much a reason behind that. I'm dying to share that reason. But I'll hold my powder for a special series that we're running after Christmas that will span about three months. And as I finish this episode today, I want to thank our sponsor Zai, boldly transforming the future of financial services with a suite of embedded products and services, enabling businesses to manage multiple payment workflows and move funds with ease. You can find Zai at hellozai.com. See you soon.